Priority will now switch to Hopkins. Another mistake by Carissa. She looks really out of sorts. Oh, here's a great licking wave for Yolanda. She's up. She pulls in behind the section. And another out with a spit. Huge alley oop lands it. And the crowd goes wild. Tell you what, Ben, I haven't seen Olympic scenes like this since Super Saturday at London 2012. Low tide around 1.30 local time. This bank should stop. I've just been handed a piece of paper here, Paul. It's a news nobody wants to hear. The IOC have confirmed Steph Gilmore has been disqualified after failing two drug tests, testing positive for anabolic steroids. It's the biggest story of the game so far for all the wrong reasons, Ben, after the Australian Coxless Fours were disqualified for having an electric motor in their rowing boat. This is a new low for the Aussies. So Manuel Salman now looking for a 7-6-3 to get back into first. Medida, as we expected, very comfortable on the running less. Whoa, here's, here's something we don't see too often at surf events, but not uncommon in the Olympics, a streaker. He's sprinting across the sand towards competition area. Oh, he dodges a tackle by head of security and biohazards, Bernie Page. He's as nude as the day he was born, and I tell you what, this fan's got some pace on him. Paul, that, that, that's no fan. That, that's Kanoa Igarashi. Igarashi, having been knocked out by Federico Moraes in the second round, has stripped nude and is streaking across the beach. I can't believe this, Paul. And he's now running to the shore and going for a naked body surf during the men's final. It's like Rod the Box Curtains are out 89. And as he evades yet more attempts by security guards with tribal tats in 2009, Quicksilver board shorts to catch him. Jesse Myler died. The commissioner is waiting out at the shore. He's trying to negotiate with Kanoa. He seems to be having the time of his life. Welcome to It's Not The Link podcast Olympic special. I'm Paul Evans. And I'm Ben Mundy. Wow, great scenes there uh, from the games, Ben. Um, that would be fun if any or all of that stuff happened, wouldn't it? It'd be incredible if that, if that were to happen, Paul. Let's see. I mean, I don't want to get accused of having kind of insider knowledge, but I think, you know, Garashi's got a streak in him, oh, I reckon. Gilmore, mm, she and likes to dabble. I'm just saying. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, and I tell you what, Igarashi on that on that big stage, that that's when he loves to, uh, to derobe the most, in my in my experience. So I, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't take that opportunity on home soil. Olympic special coming up from It's Not The Length. We're going through your 40 qualified surfers for Tokyo 2020 or 2021, however you want to call it. We're going to talk about some possible changes to the format, how they could have maybe done it better. Some general chat about Olympics. Ben, we've also got an Olympian joining us. Who are we talking to? We've got Leon Glatzer, who um, was one of the stars over there in the recent yes, ISA Games. Um, the... He's uh, based in Costa Rica with German heritage. 
uh, absolutely blazed uh, through the event and end up actually getting the near perfect 18.46 heat title, the biggest heat title of the whole event with um, some signature aerial. So he's an ex explosive, exciting uh, guy with a high center of gravity, Paul, which um, hopefully we'll get to touch on. And so, yeah, it's great to get him so close uh, to his qualification and, and to, to ask him and how it feels to be uh, freshly minted Olympian. Let's crack on with the show. Okay, Ben, well, before we get into surfing, let's talk some Olympics in general. What's what's your relationship with the Olympic Games? Can you can you tell us maybe your first Olympic memory or some, some favourite Olympic memories? What what made it special for you? Oh, Paul, that's a big question, isn't it? Um, my first, I mean, I kind of remember the 1980 Olympics in Russia when there was all the boycotts, but I was mm. I was sort of eight at that stage, so it was a, and it wasn't that well covered, I think. So, but I think probably my first sort of real Olympic sort of shot to the eyeballs was the LA Olympics, um, and that was just that's when I got hooked basically. And I, I, I still remember like I think Carl Lewis, he was, you know, from a little white kid in uh, redhead Australia, he was like a superhero that was beamed in from outer space onto my little um, TV. Well, not a little TV; it was the size of eighteen sort of lounge boxes but um yeah so the la olympics was huge for me i, I just remember that sort of started it never since yeah i've kept a close eye on it I, it only happens every four years obviously so you get enough time to um to sort of get excited by it it's a, it's a big space of time and yeah i've got a lot of time for the olympics paul yeah la 84 so that's my first olympics for me and clear memories of the zola bud mary decker if you remember the push zola bud the south yeah. african sort of come great britain athlete Ran barefoot, pushed over the American Mary Decker. Daley Thompson, the decathlon as well. And, of course, the middle distance, Co Cram, Avet, Great Britain going gold, silver, bronze in the 800 and the 15. Great times. Linford, Barcelona, 92. Uh, sort of slightly marred with sort of drug controversy since then. Uh, like Stephanie Gilmore. But... Um, and obviously Mo Farah, Super Saturday, 2012. Although, again, you know, some, some sort of asterisks about... About various sort of doping, but yeah, good times. I, um, sorry, I, I love I, Olympics. Yeah, I like Rio too. Rio, I mean, there was the Zika virus, which I mean, everyone's panicking about a global pandemic. I mean, idiots. Uh, the indoor pools went green. The rowing and sailing lakes went toxic. Uh, that's, that had a sort of a different vibe to it. I quite like that. Remind me just once again about the Aussie guy in the... I know this is Winter Olympics, but the speed skate guy who everyone fell over and he won. Tell yes, me about him again. Stephen Bradbury. Yeah, so in the... He was... There's, I think, yeah, five in a race in the, in, the, in the ice skating rink. And he was... His strategy, and a very effective one as it turns out, was just to be uh, at the back, way back, and just hope that all the four uh, skaters in front of him, all much quicker, faster and better, would... Uh, take each other out and uh, it happened in the semi which got him into the final which was a miracle and then it happened again in the final and he he skated through and uh and won i also remember the do you remember eric the yule in uh, sydney paul the swimmer yeah so he was uh, uh eric uh, musambani he was from equatorial guinea he'd never actually swum in an olympic size swimming pool before he trained in a 20 meter hotel pool and then got to the olympics um and in his first heat to, there's only like three in the heat and the, the, his two competitors um, false started so then so he had to swim on his own uh, in front of thousands but first time he'd ever been in an Olympic pool and for the 100 metres he touched the pool uh, touched the wall in 1 minute 52 seconds 
which is the slowest time in Olympic history. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, became an actual hero of the of the Olympics. And that's what I'm hoping, Paul. In the Olympics, it's not, it's not always about the winners. It's about the losers, which is good for us, I think, sometimes. It is about losers. It's also about music, Ben. It's about the songs. And for me, that's kind of what makes your memories, you look back. I love an Olympic anthem. I've actually got my top three. I've got bronze, silver, and gold medal positions for songs. Hit, hit me. Uh, well, in the in the bronze medal position in thirds, Katy Perry with Rise. This was, of course, the Rio 2016 anthem. Bit of a banger of a tune. I mean, not her best tune, but certainly a memorable one. And just, you know, when I, when I think of Olympic anthem, I'm thinking of those sort of real kind of motivating songs that look great with a sort of a montage of sort of highlights like sprinters rounding the bend in slow motion, some pole vault snapping, that sort of stuff. Um, in silver, obviously Barcelona 1992 and the song Barcelona by Freddie Mercury and Montserrat Caballé absolute banger of a tune probably close to gold but i'm not so sure about the lyrics the such a beautiful horizon troubles me a bit i just i'm not sure barcelona is one of the great horizons sure what they're saying there i mean i don't mean to get sort of picky but um it, absolute classic tune and i love that olympics but there's anyone there's anyone gold ben and there's anyone whitney houston god rest her soul one moment in time soul 88 my god that was good um okay ben let's get into surfing now um, and let's talk about who's in 40 athletes from around the world. 20 men, 20 women. Some of them qualified from the CT. Some of them qualified from the ISAs in 2019. The Pan American Games, which is a question mark about that, uh, in 2019. And also the ISAs this year in 2021. Let's go through the list. And could you please run through our first 10 women surfers in the Olympics. Please, okay, ben. the first 10 women based on the CT ratings in 2019. Carissa Moore, Caroline Marks, Tatiana Weston-Webb, Silvana Lima, Breeza Hennessy, Sally Fitzgibbon, Stephanie Gilmore, and Joanne DeFay. Uh, that's eight, I take it. And then there's two from the World Surfing Games. Uh, Yolanda Sakira, uh, formerly known as Yolanda Hopkins, and uh, Teresa Bombalo, the two um, Portuguese surfers. So there's 10, the first 10 women, Paul. Joining those 10 is Daniela Rosas of Peru, Leilani McGonagall from Costa Rica, Mahina Maeda and Amuro Suzuki from Japan, Pauline Edo from France, Annette Lelor from Israel, Bianca Bouddag from South Africa, Ella Williams from New Zealand, Sofia Milanovic from Peru, which I've got a few things to say about, and also Dominic Barona of Ecuador. Let's switch over to the men. Who's going? Um, okay, so yeah, once again, based on the CT ratings from 2019, Gabriel Medina, Italo Ferreira, Colohe and Dino, question mark over his injury, but we'll get to that. John John Florence, another asterisk, depending on injury. Owen Wright, Julian Wilson, Jeremy Flores, Michelle Perez, Kanoa Igarashi, and Geordie Smith on the CT service. And then joining them, the next two make up the round up 10 from the uh, just recently held World Surfing Games, Leon Blackstar and Miguel Tudela. 
Yeah, can I just say the USA? It's got shades of sort of England football team going into a major tournament with loads of injury oh, question marks. Meta tassels, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay, joining those guys, we've also got Luca Messina of Peru, Manuel Salman from Chile, Hiroto O'Hara from Japan, Rio Waida from Indonesia, Frederico Moraes from Portugal, Billy Stearman from New Zealand, Ramsey Buki of Morocco, and of course Leandro Lele Osuna. From Argentina, how do you like how do you like that list, Ben? Are you pleased with it? I mean, it's pretty strong, isn't it? I mean, you've got we might get to some of the people that have missed out. People always got to miss out. Um, I mean, the CT surfers, uh, you know, you can't really pick too many holes in that one. Um, obviously, the ten surfers from the, the qualification are a bit more random. But then again, that's the Olympics, isn't it? You can't you can't take everyone, and they do try and make it inclusive to all the countries around the world so yeah i I mean i'm broadly happy with it i'm sure i'm sure you can pick some holes in it can you paul i've got yeah i've got a problem i think it's a mistake having a a two surfer limit from each country i I don't really understand why we need to have a sort of minimum of 10 different countries represented out of the 20 on each side I, i i think three wouldn't be wouldn't be kind of wrong if you if you just look at how the olympics go down in other in other sort of sports I don't think that's overrepresented. If three out of twenty were from Brazil, I think I think it's a glaring omission that Felipe Toledo is not going. He's arguably the best kind of small wave surfer in the world. He should be going. Likewise for the women, Tyler Wright, she should be there. I mean, I, I don't know why the Aussies can't have can't have three surfers. So, I, I, you know, me, I, I would have made th- three per country. Um, I think you've got to have the the best there. I like the other stories as well, but I just maybe think they got that balance slightly wrong. But I tell you what, let's get into some good bads, Ben. And we will talk about the surfers that are going and some, some other things about the Olympics more broadly. Let's have a look. First of all, Ben, what have you got that's surfing in the Olympics? Well, or just the Olympics. <laughs> just the Olympics in general. Um, well, I mean, I'll tell you what's, what's good. Uh, I mean, this can go both ways. But I suppose it's straight back on on that on that limit thing. But you just talked about the sort of twenty surfer to get in there on the men's side. That's um, uh, Leandro Asuna. Um, Lily. Lily. I mean, he's been on the QS full time for a decade, right? Seriously, like he he does sixteen and seventeen events every year. He's never finished inside the top one hundred in any of those years. He's only made the final. Uh, in a, a 1,000 QS event, and that which he lost back in 2016, <laughs> but he's a real smiley, happy fellow, and he? he's just fucking he's good. He's a good guy to have around. So I'm kind of happy that he's uh you know if you can have your Philippe Toledo's fuck what's he done? I got your Lele. It's just in there fucking Argentina. It's flowing, you know, you know what a classic uh, country to to be represented, and I'm pretty happy that um yeah Lele's there fucking with that beaming sort of blonde smile. And uh, the good times. So bring it on. I'm ha- I'm happy for him. Okay, you're you're pleased with Lele. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's great for him. I, I just think you know overall. I'll get into this, but I think I think they're missing on a trick there with some few key athletes. No. I've been looking at a few things that I love about the Olympics. You know, away from surfing, just my favorite, some of my favorite things, and all of the answers are Italo Ferreira. Like, um, you think of your favourite outfits. Who's got the flamboyant costumes? Your Flojos. Fl- Florence Griffiths joining the American Sprinter, now deceased with a, remember her half and half sort of lycra, where she's got one trouser leg and the other one's kind of kind of like a thong. 
Um, she had those crazy fingernails, if you remember that, on her left hand. She had like those sort of six-inch kind of claws. Yeah. I don't think she had on the right. I think the right hand's for the baton. Yeah. But um, she had a she, anabolic I mean, steroid prob- issue as well. Was she, was it her? Yeah. Is it Flojo? Yeah. Was it? I thought it was okay. Pretty. Well, she, anyway, I thought she she was she was epic. Um, I also what I really love is the mugging. You know, when they, mainly the sprinters, but when they sort of go in lane one and they announce them and they do that crazy little sort of weird dance before and they sort of wave into the camera. I mean, like Johan Blake does kind of the best ones, the thriller style dance. Some of them just sort of point at their neck. There was that Aussie, that Aussie hurdler, wasn't there, who did that sort of, she did like a sort of a sexy dance. But again, if you think who's going to do that, who's going to do the best sort of mugging into the camera? Who's going to wear the best sort of most, Italo? surely so yeah basically what's good about limits is is italo but i'd love to see a half and half weddy of maybe like a sort of sluggos on one side of the board short and then the full leg on the other maybe the fingernails i mean what what do you think he's gonna do he's done the hair extensions oh, mate, you'd never know what he's gonna do that's the thing well i'm a little bit worried about the uh the australians um paul mm, i'm con- me too for, for- <laughs> For starters, I mean, they're called the Irukandjis, um, named after a tiny, stinging, like, deadly, ge- uh, you know, little jellyfish. It doesn't, I mean, you know, it's, they're not, it's not the Socceroos, is it? I mean... Is it political Political correctness gone mad? <laughs> I think it's just a um, someone in that Surfing Australia head office. I'm, I can't imagine the fucking brainstorms that went into that and the, the, the Google <laughs> searching and the fucking... I mean, I can't imagine one of the ones that got fucking ticked off as being uh, unacceptable. So there's that. And then just, you know, the surfers. I mean, Julian Wilson, Owen Wright, um, Steph Gilmore and Sally Fitzgibbons. It's just, it's a bit old, isn't it, Paul? It's, is, is, is that like the 2000s? You know, if it was a 2012, 2016 Olympics, that might have been exciting. I just think they're, um, you know, especially in uh, two-foot potential breach breaks. Um, yeah, I'm just a little bit worried. They might get, they might be old, old news, Paul, even before a... And it, 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 it starts well now of course plus with the with the drugs ban for uh, for Gilmore oh, so. Steph I mean I mean I can't understand she was because I I saw her because I was at the um, yeah saw some backstage footage and I saw her at the Newcastle event she was like lifting 250 kgs like and jerk I was <laughs> I'm really surprised she had um she's arm wrestling one, Johnny Gannon she was doing holding up uh, Joanne Defay with one arm and just <laughs> Literally juggling Mick Fanning and on eat, the other side. Eating, like, eating a whole roast chicken with the other <laughs> hand. Um, now, we should actually say that the Wavelength Legal Department have actually just slipped me a note and said, of course, uh, Stephanie Gilmore hasn't uh, failed uh, any drug tests as far as we know. And it was um, purely in the interest of comedy. That was that was a funny, that was a comedy bit uh, from It's Not the Length. So, yeah, Gilmore, uh, innocent on all charges for the time being. Although, you know, well, let's see. Let's see what happens. It'd be weird, It'd be weird if she did fail a drugs test now. Um, yeah, okay, Ben, you're, you're worried about the Aussies. The name's shit. I'm with you there. What 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 would you have maybe called the Aussies if we're, if we're, going, with, if we're going with sort of charismatic fauna? What about the, the numbats? Could they be of the numbats? What, I think what? you kind of have to keep it ocean-based. The dingbats? I, I, I'd, the dingbats? I would, I would imagine. What about the mud crabs? <laughs> Paul, mm. what have you got that's... Sofia Milanovic. All right. The what? The world champ, 2004 world champion who, at the age of 37, has qualified the Olympics. One of the great stories of the uh, ISA Games. That, that one. 
Sofia Milanovic is an absolute disgrace. <laughs> she's just come back to this this dragon she, boat fucking she's issue. She's an absolute it. disgrace. I mean, Ben, you've heard it before, right? But many of our so many times, many of our listeners haven't. Um, I've I've actually competed alongside uh, Olympian Sofia Milanovic, former former world champion, seventeen years ago. She was world champion. Uh, yeah, we had a we had a sort of an outrigger canoe paddle race teams thing at the at the Swatch Girls Pro in 2014. I think you were in the office doing the, doing the media role that I, <laughs> I handed to you because I didn't want to do it. She was in uh, my boat with, I think, Chaz Smith, someone else and her. Uh, and she just refused She just refused to paddle. We were like, as we rounded the buoy, we were like neck and neck. And she just, you know, on a train when someone's reading a book and then they just sort of put, look up from the book and just kind of look out the window like 90 degrees <laughs> she just sort of looked out the side of the boat and we're like come on everyone dig in and like she just just couldn't be fine she just stopped like just say you don't want to do it if you don't want to do it so yeah. i yeah she's a disgrace um she, i you know i personally i i still i'm still hurting from that but overall i just don't know why she's there i mean she's not in the top she shouldn't be in the top i would have thought 500 to a thousand servers in the world i don't understand how 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 or why she's there personally no, i've got nothing against well yes actually i do have something against them <laughs> i'm not happy with milanovic ben i'm not happy no, no I've, you, yeah, and you haven't been for a long time so let's be honest <laughs> mm, um so yeah that's uh that's that's my main beef otherwise i mean just sort of more broadly yeah i i, I mentioned it. i think i think there's I think the two surfer per country limits is a mistake. I think I think Toledo and, and, and Tyler Wright should be there. But just just on that, rather than just saying like, what, yeah, what's wrong? Who, who would you add in, Ben? If you you could sort of throw three surfers in for the men and the women, who who would you who would you put in? You don't have to tell me you take out. That's harsh. I mean, I'd, I'd certainly take out Mladenovic. But who who would you like to add in, Ben? Who who do you think the Olympics would kind of be better for having? I mean, I think you kind of have to go. You might want to go some of those electric kind of free surfers, really. I mean, if you're going to really mix things up a bit, I know that, you know, I know the Olympics is about, um, you know, that that dedication, the professionalism, the competitiveness. But surfing's been brought in to, as a sport to spruce this up, to shake up the, the Olympic world order. It's a new sport. It's a new thing. And it's bringing in the youngsters, and that's why I wouldn't mind. You know what? You know, I do, Paul. I'd I'd just put in. Um, Young Sierra Kerr, Josh Kerr's um, daughter has been, you say 14, but she's been doing massive aerials. She's been getting massive barrels. She's limping in the future. Get her in there early. A ripper, a ripper for the TikTok generation. For sure, she's got TikTok. I mean, some of those um, sort of gymnasts are about eight. There's no reason why you can't have a 15 year old, you know, surfer in there. So, yeah, maybe I can go young, go go extreme, go fun. That's that, that, that would be my thing. What about the boys? Who are you throwing in? Mark Richards, yeah, I, I put Mark Richards in, just as a bit of history. Just have interest. Who do you think would win between Mark Richards and Sofia Milanovic in the sort of head to head in kind of four foot, four <laughs> four foot rights? They could heat on a on a slightly more sort of serious, you know, as as the lead anchor of the pod. A slightly more serious note. Uh, yeah, like I said, Toledo, he he should be there. I'd like to see our Cal in from the Aussies as, as a third Aussie for the Americans. I think Griff. I'd like to see Griff. Griff Colapinto. I think. I think those three would really kind of stiffen it up, and I think the real winner would be the fans. Um, for the women, uh, Tyler Wright, as I've said, she should be there as a third Aussie. Lakey, 
for the Americans. Uh, I know she's injured, but Lakey Peterson would benefit. There isn't really a third sort of really dominant nation on the women's in terms of like Brazil. They don't really have a, a strong next effort. I'd actually throw in Justine Dupont, Ben, of France um, as my third woman. Just the stuff she does in, in big ways. She's a good small way server, but just that. The stuff that she does. She, if ever there's an Olympian, if ever there's someone that sort of embodies the Olympic spirit, man, it's Justine Dupont of France. She'd be in for me. Yeah, I tell you who I don't want in, and it was. I'm actually terrified at the thought of it. Who do you who do you, who do you hate? Who do you I, hate? I don't want to see Cody Slade anywhere near that fucking five ring circus, <laughs> mate. I tell you that, I and mean, it's entirely possible because John John Florence is basically like, like Danny's interior cruciate instead of having operation they've just like somehow lasered some elastic bands in there Kaloha I think mm-hmm. is a bit further on in his thing but like I just think it's it's so set up for Kelly just to come in and just I mean you can imagine the the fanfare the, the where all the the media air would get sucked up so I'm, yeah and I just don't think I could handle it I think he's had his time yeah Neither you and I are kind of big on conspiracy theories, but I mean, this isn't a conspiracy. This is this is just off, off science. I'm just thinking, remember those two guys that said they were on holiday in uh, Salisbury Cathedral? Remember yeah, that? Yeah, no, we were just visiting. Yeah, they, they just love cathedrals. Yeah. Um, I, you know, how surprised would we be if they were sort of spotted on the sort of Kamehameha Highway, you know, just outside John John's house, kind of sightseeing, or, or maybe like at Pedro's Tacos in San Clemente, as like Kaloe sort of stops in for a burrito after training. Um, oh, I thought you were going to yeah, go who, even who deeper then, and saying that he's he's gone the full fucking Carrigan. Slater's gone the full Carrigan on 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 John John, the old kneecap, attacking with the ice skates. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nancy Nancy Carrigan, Tonya yeah. Harding, is that right? Right, yeah, bit of a neat. Maybe a bit of a niche reference, some of the young. Oh, fans, not as I've seen I Tonya, one of the a, a brilliant movie, but um, yeah, no. So I just, but uh, I mean, in all seriousness, John John, I mean, they he posted it, it's, uh, you know, sort of early in June. Yesterday he posted an image, so I'm back in the water, and he's like, he's just paddling, he couldn't even catch a wave paddling. I was like, but I think he would just, is it just the commercial benefits are so great that he'll just do whatever it takes just to get there even if he can't surf anywhere near 100% he's not going to give up his spot to Kelly Slater is he like that'd be effectively like giving someone like a million dollars like why would you do that are you good for are you good for bads or have you got some more bile that you'd like to spread <laughs> oh the only one thing I would otherwise. say one other worry is that I think it showed that I mean no matter who's in a in an event in a surfing event I mean we saw it recently down there in uh I mean which I thought actually Paul we were gonna I, I'm I'm actually haven't as read up I thought I thought this podcast was going to be on the um the two-legged portuguese qualifying series event that we just did down in portugal caparica and santa cruz i thought that's what we we're going to do a deep dive into so i'm a loop on the eight ball but uh that that again any event no matter who's in it it's just solely dependent on the waves in surfing i mean you can have italo you can have kelly you can have whoever but if the waves are shit and especially coming off that um uh, El Salvador event, the ISA Games, where the fucking surf was pumping. It was, it had like a, a right and left that's twice as powerful and as kind of good as trestles, and then a right point break that's just world class, and it was just pumping. And then, it's so pumping, it worked. Yeah. It was, you know, it was good to watch. But then you put these guys in two foot Japanese beach breaks, which it could well be tiny, like we saw in the Caparica. I'm just worried that that could be an issue. And it's nothing you can do about it. It's been done, but just sort of, I'm, I'm. 
preparing myself for an almighty letdown. As we see the world's best surfers uh, in surfing in substandard beach breaks. All right, that's going to wrap things up for part one. Coming up in part two, we've got German Olympian Leon Glatzer. We're going to have a chat with him. We're also going to look at some different format ideas for the Olympics. Some more great Olympic chat with a quiz at the end. Stay tuned. That's all coming up after the break. Wavelengths Drive-In Cinema is back for 2021, bringing you another summer of family favourites, cult classic and iconic surf flicks from a stunning new clifftop location overlooking Watergate Bay. From the 16th of July to the 5th of September, we're going to welcome you back for eight weeks of cinema sunsets and good times in what Time Out magazine are calling one of the world's most beautiful outdoor cinema settings. Our 21 film lineup has just been announced. Tickets are on sale now and going fast. Get under wavelengthmag.com to avoid disappointment. We've got some great deals on tickets. A particular offer that I love is a subscription to Wavelength Magazine with a free ticket to drive in cinema as well. Look forward to seeing you down on the clifftops of Cornwall. Time now to hear from Germany's newest Olympian. His name's Leon Glatzer. And he's over in Dusseldorf in Germany right now doing some anti-dandruff shampoo ads. The commercial endorsements have been flooding in. He ripped it apart in El Salvador last week and very much deserves his spot nailing that final European placing for the Olympics. And I had a chat with Leon. A little debrief on what went down in El Salvador and look forward to the competition coming up in Tokyo. Let's have a listen. I make the third heat of the day and now I'm actually 
I'm kind of pissed, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna come out, and they're gonna say like it's another heat, another heat to go. So I come out. I'm obviously super stoked I made the heat, right? Of course, but I'm at the same time I'm kind of over it. So everybody's cheering, and now like they're cheering really, really loud. I see them screaming, running. I see uh, other people cheering for me. Um, and then. I'm like, oh, I'm stoked I made that heat. And they're like, Beyond, you're in the Olympics. You made it. And I was kind of pissed. I was like, no, probably not. You know, there's probably some other dude that's just going to jump in or, or something happens and I'm not in. I'm going to have to make, like, two more heats or one. Probably it's one more heat, right, guys? And they're like, no, no, you're in, you're in. And then from the beach to the podium um, to to the beach marshal, I was just, like, talking to them, like, no, something is wrong, something is wrong, you know, so I didn't believe it, they were telling me, I looked to my right, the whole Spanish team was, was there, like, screaming my name, Leon, Olympic, Olympic, I arrived to the beach marshal, I'm giving my lycra, and Fernando Aguirre, the president of the ISA, comes up to me, and he's like, he gives me a big hug, and he's like, Leon, guess where you're gonna be eating sushi in 45 days, and I just told him, like, what do you mean, just, if you're going to say it, just say it now. You know, I told him. <laughs> and he's like, you are the first of the five uh, Olympic spots to qualify. You are in Tokyo. Congratulations. And I just, I just fully broke down. After I qualified, I went home, you know, and I just, I actually started vomiting a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've never felt this amount of pressure and so many emotions as a kid I always watched the Olympics with my parents and and it was the main thing you know we always got excited when the Olympics was coming up on the TV and, and like it's kind of like from my roots you know so whereabouts is it's like your your German family what, what's your origins in Germany what what part of the country you're from just tell us a little bit about that and how you ended up in Costa Rica I mean my parents my whole family is from a, a town called Castle, which is uh, like an hour and a half away from Frankfurt, and then my mom, uh, yeah, she she took a trip to to Hawaii, and I was born there, and then she lived there two years with me, and after that she she took a trip to to Costa Rica. She was kind of just doing a little travel around the world, and and in that traveling around the world, I was born, <laughs> so. So then she found Pavonis and she completely fell in love with that place. That's, she said that's where she wanted to live and she wanted me to grow up and that's how it happened. We always talk about surfers having a, like a low center of gravity, particularly like, you know, air surfers. Think of like Italo, short legs, kind of a big, big ass. You've actually sort of got a high center of gravity, but it seems to work out pretty good for you because airs are, a, are like a, always been a kind of thing for you, right? Yeah, I, I definitely. Obviously... Um, you know, at Pavonis when I was younger or when I started surfing, basically I would pump down the line for a kilometer <laughs> just to find that air section, you know, and nobody had faith in me. <laughs> Everybody was like, what's this kid doing? You know, like wasting waves and, but I was just having fun. You know, all I wanted to do was, was be in the air. Air. It's a, that was my favorite thing from doing so many airs it's just it's just in me you know it doesn't matter how tall i am i can just do airs for sure that's epic um 
Let's think about like the German, the German football team are called the Mannschaft, right? I'm just wondering if you got a name for the German surf team. I mean, it's just you at the Olympics, but your manager, Quirin, has suggested the Junkers U87, otherwise known as the, the Stucker Dive Bomber. But any, um, any, any, uh, any, any ideas for a name for the German surf team? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the, the Bratwurst team. <laughs> <laughs> team Sausage. <laughs> Sausage. <laughs> Love it. Um, what about famous, famous German Olympians? I mean, Germany's pretty well known for, for Winter Olympics, but I'm thinking of the, the hiker. Is it hiker or hikey? Hiker. Hiker Dressler, hiker Henkel. Hiker. Hiker. Okay. So would you, of, of the two hikers, one's a hurdler sprinter, one's a high jumper. Are you, are you more hiker Dressler or hiker Henkel? Hiker Dresser. Okay. She got into a little bit of a little bit of bother with the with the East German state-run doping program. What about um, what about drug tests? Have you have you had much to do with WADA? And if you heard one of the surfers had failed a P test, who do you reckon it might be? Uh, <laughs> Ste- obviously, yeah. obviously Stephanie Gilmore. Um, yeah. Nah, I'm just, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean this. This WADA thing is absolutely crazy, you know. Um, I, I mean, I've been in the program for four years, and I am terrified of this thing. <laughs> Not because of testing po- positive, because, you know, I'm, I'm very strict with this, and the German team is super strict, and, you know, we put so much work into this that we just don't want that to fall down, you know. So, But you can test positive other ways, which, you know, which sucks, which I actually... Yesterday I missed my 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 test because I was late to the hotels, but I was freaking out. I was like, "Oh my god, I hate this thing! Like, I don't even take drugs. I don't take anything that could test positive, and and then like you can get a strike because of this, you know." Getting a medal would be. But what what would you sort of t- obviously success is you've you've qualified, but how do you how do you feel about your chances at the event itself in Tokyo? Um, at the moment. I think really high because I feel that I grew a lot in this last event and I learned so much, you know, especially connecting with my coach and, and my sports psychologist, we found a really good routine. And obviously, you know, like I always say, numbers don't lie. <laughs> and I, I did really well in the event and I'm yeah feeling super confident actually. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes because of the waves. They're, they're going to be really tricky. But at the moment, I'm talking with um, CI surfboards here in Europe, and we're making a really good plan of making the best board, the best possible boards. Also, I got a phone call from Britt Merrick uh, in the U.S. that he wanted to make me some boards for Japan. So I have an amazing team behind my back, which um, we're going to make everything possible to, to get a medal. All right, man. Listen, fantastic job. Well done. As a as a Brit, I don't normally support the Germans in sports, like if it comes to football or whatever. But I've got a new I got a new favourite surfer to cheer for the Olympics, mate. I wish you all the be- I wish you all the best, man. Good, good luck, Leon. Thank you so much. formats Ben you'd like to see when you, you know there's talk about like t- the team's format and competing for nations what any anything that you'd like to see well I mean I've said it once I've said it a thousand times before I want the priority um, 
boy back in. You have to paddle around there. So that's that's a given. Yeah. Um, I like the teams format. Yeah, I think there should be some sort of teams. Um, I mean, the equivalent of a, of a relay, isn't there? That the, Some of the most, especially in the Australian spot, we didn't have a whole lot of individual gold medals, especially early on in, when I was young. And so the relays was always a, the chance of a win. Mm. The Australian board riders battle kind of a, a shortened, exciting version of the tag team just for like a, a relay gold type thing yeah. would be my... Uh, I've got a couple of suggestions. You, you sort of touched on it. With the teams, I think the teams is would have been the way to go. But rather than just having them surf individually with a little bit of tag team and sort of adding it up, I mean, what the ISAs do, it, that's a team event. They just they just have an individual surf contest and then they sort of add up the surfers' scores and that's who won the team. I'd actually put a team in the water. So what if you had sort of two, the two Aussies and the two Americans out in the water at the same time? What if you got like one drop in each, you know, you had one double whammy. And there was actually some interaction between A, the teammates, but also the other surfers. What about Ben, if you don't have any priority in the last five minutes? So what? What about if you have prior? You got, you got four surfers in the water, two from each nation. Although obviously that's going to fall down when you haven't got two from a country. We'll have, to, we'll have to tweak that slightly. But yeah, you can drop in while there is priority. But in the last five, priority has gone. So it's just, it's just on. In the last five minutes, that would do, do away with that crapness that we get where someone's got a lead and they've got priority and they just kind of snuffle it out. And also, what about going back to the old school and not announcing the scores live? Do they need the scores? Why don't we keep that and bottle it and get them up on the podium so you can and get a nice tight shot so you can literally see the tears welling up in the corner of their eyes and the, and the anger and the heartbreak and the distress? That's why I watched the Olympics. Mate. The classic board riders thing, where at the end of the, the final, the the president of the, of the board cops, he takes those sheets, he 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 shoves them down his dax, and then he he reads it out a couple of hours later at the preso, after everyone's had a, f- a few tins, and then the the excitement builds all afternoon. No one knows who won. No, no, it's yeah, the, until you get on the podium, you don't know what's going on. Actually, Paul. I don't often say this. I think you've had two good ideas there in quick succession. <laughs> I like the non-pro, and I like the um, I like yeah, the saving the saving the scores, building up the tension. I bring it on. I went to should I should I ring the IOC? <laughs> should I have a have a chat? I'll, ring, I'll get out the red the red hot phone. I went to the Australian uh, board riders event thing on the Gold Coast in 1997, just because I got a lift up there with with some people that were going to it from Sydney, and at the Prezzo... What was that thing? What's that thing at Green Mountain? It's got like the patch. Is it called the patch or something? Or the, the patch? Yeah, the old is patch. Is it the patch? Yeah, and the guy dollar drink nights at the patch. It was everyone was maggot, and the guy that was doing the prezzo, <laughs> the guy's in the prezzo was on stage, was so drunk, and there was somehow some reason there was a skateboard on stage, and just before it, I think he just started like said like everyone kind of gathered around the prezzo, it's about to start, about to start, and then he got on the skateboard, and basically. He like skated off the stage, like it was quite high. It was like a, it was like almost one of sort of head height, and basically just landed on the floor in a, in a heap and didn't get up. And like the amb- the <laughs> ambo came. That was like the start of the presso. Ben, I know that you've got a deep love for Team GB um, with your as your adopted your adopted nation got the British passport 
Um, but I wouldn't have, have Team GB missed a trick. Obviously, no, no surface from Britain managed to make the qualification. But, you know, all thoughts turn now to Yolanda Sicaria Hopkins. Yeah, your friend of mine. She's a ripper. She's from the Algarve. She's got a British mum. Um, and she's suffering for Portugal. She actually ripped, uh, I don't know if you saw any of her stuff from over there in El Salvador, but she surfed really, really well. And I'm just thinking, could the Team GB recruiters have done more? Should they have got to her? Should they have thrown cash at her? I think they just got a million quid. Should they have given her 500k and said, come and surf a Team GB? And Britain would have a, uh, a surfer in the event. What, what's your thoughts on, on Yolanda? Well, yeah, I mean, she's an absolute... Um, Ripper. I mean, she. I mean, she was born in Faro and has spent um, all the all the life in Portugal. Even you're right in Australia, there must be so many like surfers with English heritage. You don't need a China. China tried to get Zeke Zeke Lau, didn't they? I was. I had that rumor uh, last time I was over there in China, beginning of last year. Um, they tried to get Zeke Lau. He's got Chinese heritage. Obviously, you can't have dual nationality, American and Chinese. They'd have had to sort of essentially go and live in China. Uh, but yeah, they, they threw a bit of money at me. He wasn't keen. But that's a great point, Ben. Let's let's think about some what ifs. I got one for you. I got a good one for you. Michael Eugene Fanning, Mick Fanning. He's is he got an Irish an Irish mum, a, a British dad? Could could team. Team GB have got him. Could he have, like this? Uh, Leon Glatzer finished the highest European. That's how he qualified. Surf for Germany. He's for Costa Rica. Could Fanning have finished higher than Leon Glatzer in El Salvador? It's not beyond the realms of possibility. You could have swapped it. And you, I think you are going to steal your thunder, Paul. But um, Creed McTaggart. I, I don't know. I don't know where he's. Been, but there's got to be some fucking Scottish heritage. I'd love to see. Creed McTaggart surfing for Team GB via, via the Scottish ticket with his with his speed dealer sonny's on smoking a fag at the, at the Olympics. Absolute brilliant. Well, even uh, Lyndon Dykes, as Aussie as you like, he's playing for Scotland in the upcoming. Um, he's a striker for Scotland in the upcoming Euros. He, he made the he made the switch from Australia to Scotland. I fucking can't see why McTaggart can't follow on. You know, follow his lead. Um. I'm going to ask you for some for some hot takes, Ben. I want to know, I want to know who you fancy, and you know, you're not going to win over many more fans by sort of saying Medina or like, bring something out of left field, just maybe a little outside kind of effort. Who do you like, Ben? Men and women. Um, for the men, I think for, you can say medal. You don't have to have a winner, but just you know, a good shout, an outside shot at a medal. Who who, who do you like? Um, you know what? It's you got to take in the you got to take in the conditions, and um, you know what? Hiroto, do you though? Yeah, you do. Hiroto O'Hara, who is born uh, Japanese, who grew up in the uh, Chiba Beach Breaks, and he is lightning quick, and he's won it. He's won the U.S. Open in, in tiny waves. If he is tiny, um, oh, yeah, I just, I just, you know, the outside chance of a, a Japanese surf winning gold medal at home would be amazing. So yeah, I'm going to throw him in the mix for sure. He would be good. He hasn't done anything since then, has no. he? The amount of times that gets some cars until last week. Fucking until last yeah, week, until though. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, he's got. And I, you know what? I would, I would have said Ramsey um, Bookheim. I mean, not his competition surfing isn't always uh, amazing, but I tell you what, he's one of the. He's surfing. He's one of my favourite surfers to watch. I think he's one of the best surfers in the world. But if it's eight to ten foot right hand barreling beach breaks at Chiba. I'll put him in, but unfortunately, I think the um, 
the conditions may may hamper him slightly, unless we get a typhoon. But yeah, I just I think he's that good that he if he got on, somehow got on a roll, and at the very least, I'd love to see um what he get, gets up to in that athlete's village as well, because I think he could be a real dark horse in that in that regard as well. Mm, I just on. Just on Hiroto, I feel yeah, great to see him. I I think he like you know will definitely be sort of a local fave in terms of conditions. I feel a bit sorry for Shun Murakami who did have that provisional spot, and he got overtaken, didn't he? He he qualified through through the the last ISAs that were in Japan. I liked him because he's got a nose ring as well. You don't get a lot of nose rings in the Olympics. Don't get a lot. Well, not only that, but they they met in the. The heat, the repercharge charge before the oh, final, so it came down to a straight out shootout between them. So not only did he have his spot, and then he had the spot to fight for, and uh, he got done by his, his mate. So yeah, I did. <laughs> he must be hurting right now. That nose ring will be, be, be spinning, dripped, literally dripped spinning. Out, didn't he? <laughs> probably just fucking ripped that thing out. Well, what about the women, Paul? Who are you back? Um, Paul in a doe? Yeah, no, I'm not sure about pulling. I, 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 I'm gonna say maybe her best film is is maybe a little bit behind her. As an outside shot for a medal, I really like the look of Anat Lelor, um, the Israeli surfer. On the men's side, Ben, I'm going to put this out there. Michelle Burez. You know, everyone talks about conditions, right? You think about, oh, it's going to be beach base. He, he had his win in, in Brazil, didn't he? Um, he? He had another win in, in Halle Eva, on the, and that was small. It was, you know, certainly for the towards the end of it, it was three foot. You know, it wasn't 12 foot, Matt. I think Borez could be a bit of a surprise, you know. He's not going to have a whole load of pressure on him, you know. He's not certainly not going to be one of the pre-event favourites. I think he could do something, Michelle. You weren't expecting me to say that, were you? No, I wasn't, but I, yeah, I get where you're coming from. On, on, the, on that note, I'm going to throw in uh, Joanne Defay, another surfer, uh, surfing the, the tricolour, the tricolour. She's... um. She hasn't had that big win, but she's been knocking on the door for a long time. She's had a couple of wins. She won in Bali, didn't she? Uh, and she's just so. F- she just made a final in Rottnest. I mean, it's not. It's she's not, yeah, she's not she's, a massive outsider. She just got. I know, but she's still like eighth in the world. Yeah, I, but you know, compared to the Marks and the Moors and the you know the uh, the Gilmores, you know, the world champs in the field, I think she if she gets on a roll. Have you got have you got an Olympic based quiz, Ben? I have. I have, Paul. That's a, a nice, quick, short one. Um, it's obviously. A big part of the Olympics is the um, the mascots. Each uh, summer games and winter games has a mascot. I, don't I know any. Yeah, I, I'm going to make it easy for you, Paul. Gonna have a little. I'm okay on World Cup mascots, Olympic mascots. I'm they were only shit. only brought in in um, 1972 in the Munich Games, so they're really relatively recent phenomenon, as you well know. Um, but I'm going to give you um, the name of the mascot and and the uh, what the mascot is. Um, and then you have to tell me what Olympic Games was the mascot at. So it's pretty simple. I think by process of elimination, you should be able to get some of these. Um, and then if uh, I win, I, I'll give you 7 out of 10 as a par for this, Paul, because I think they are relatively easy. Uh, and if I win, I'm going to play the old Christopher Cross, the, the swimming-themed tune, uh, tune from the 1984 Olympics. Christopher Cross, ah, great synth pop sort of good time guy and uh, I'd love to hear mm. that Paul if you do uh, get the get the seven or above what, what song are you going to yeah. go for mate I'm going to go for Is She Really Going Out With Him by Joe Jackson oh it's a great song, great song. <laughs> it's a great tune oh, Joe Jackson 
Come on. Okay. Yep. All right, let's you do ready? this. Let's get into it. Okay. Mascot name Kobe. I mean, you can you can jump Abitant. in if you think you know it. And on and on. Is it Abbotton? <laughs> he was the mascot for the 2000 Olympics. Yeah. So that you got it. <laughs> Kobe Abbotton. <laughs> he was such. He was so friendly. And the medal. The medal wasn't a medal that you just got a my brother's keeper <laughs> tattoo that looked like a medal round the sort of neck. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, no, it was Kobe, and it was a Catalan sheepdog. So what Olympics was that at? This is easy. It's Barcelona 92, mate. Okay, that's true. Okay. Um, this one's a bit more tricky. Uh, it was called Izzy, and it was a kind of an abstract. It was a computer-generated abstract. It, looked, it was an alien sort of-ish shape, I would say, uh, this one. Izzy, sort of a computer-generated... Probably the first computer-generated mascot in a sort of alien-type figure. Is this multiple guess if I just got yeah, shot in the dark? Shot in the dark. It's an Olympics. It's a, it's the Summer Olympics after uh, 1972. It's, it's probably the, it's probably the hardest one you're going to get. Am I going to get a clue of any any kind? Um, well, it wasn't it it. <laughs> um, it was in the Northern Hemisphere, Northern Americas. I'll give you that. Well, it's only Atlanta or LA. If we're going Americas since '72, as far as I'm aware, let's go with let's go with LA. Oh, unlucky, Paul. It was the Atlantic Atlanta ah, Olympics, 1996. I mean, the, the forgotten Olympics, as far as I'm concerned. I can't I can't remember a single fucking thing about it. But anyway, oh, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> my, my, Michael Johnson, fucking oh, yeah. unbelievable, mate. That that yeah. Michael Johnson just really stands out for me. And he's also a great pundit, he which is, is an interesting point. But a lot of a lot of um, athletes make really good pundits. Mm. You think Denise Lewis, Colin Jackson. I mean, there's there's for some reason the sort of Olympians and track and field athletes are great pundits. Even yeah. Jonathan Edwards is kind of an objectionable little cunt. He's pretty good on his on his analysis. Anyway. Moving on. Um, yeah, luckily that doesn't uh, happen in surfing. So it's good. <laughs> uh, okay, Ollie, Sid and Millie. A kookaburra fight a puss and echidna. Sydney 2000. Yeah, and of course Kobe Everton is the fourth sort of, sort of guy there. Um, Athena and Fevos. Uh, they were yeah, a brother well, this and, is, this is a, brother this and is sister. This is Athens, mate. Don't waste my time. What, Athens. What year? Two thousand and four. Correct. Okay. Wenlock. Um, Any up? Is that it? Wenlock was. I mean, it's, it says it was an iris, uh, and it was. Was this the, was this the Welsh Olympics? <laughs> it was the unknown Olympics. It was of the banger. A, you know what? I'll give you what it looked like. It was a, a drop of steel with a camera for an eye. I mean, I can't give you much more than that. Okay, Montreal 76. No, that was actually okay. 2012 London, Paul. Wow. And it was okay. named after the village of Much Wenlock in Shropshire, which hosted a precursor to the modern Olympic Games of the 19th century. It represents the UK's start of the Industrial Revolution, which, I mean, fucking good luck to you. Okay, uh, Vinicius was a hybrid how, how many of the how, <laughs> how many of these are there? 50? <laughs> how many have I done? I haven't been counting. Uh, you've only got you've got two wrong, so you can afford to lose one more, basically. Uh, Vinicius, shall I go early? I'm going to say Rio 2016. Yeah, you've got that. You've got that. Um, okay. Just based on just based on the name, then. Be Sam a bald eagle. 
kind of loud. LA84. Yeah, good, good. Nice process of actions. And to get your son to to get to to go all the way through. Is she really going out with him or isn't she? Let's find out. Amic. A beaver. <laughs> well, this sounds a lot like Toronto 76 to me, Ben. I'm going to ask you, is, is that your final answer, Paul? Did I say Toronto? Was it Montreal? It was... You said Toronto. I'm going to ask you. Yeah, it's it's Montreal. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean that. I meant Montreal, obviously. Yeah. Montreal Olympics. Yeah, the great symbol of Canada is the beaver. The beaver is obviously... Uh, an iconic symbol around the world uh, for, for many different reasons. And uh, it was a mascot. And with that, Paul, you've snuck through with seven. And uh, yeah, well, well well played. Yeah, that was super close. Uh, I consider myself a lot like Usain Bolt, like not necessarily great at the start, but I just do enough, you know, and I kind of, at the end, I kind of make it look easy as if I, I've still got more left in me. Ben, I'm already excited about the Euros. Uh, my froth levels are sort of off the dial, but now, particularly after this chat about the Olympics, I'm so excited about sports. Yeah, it's going to be huge, Paul. There's Olympic summers. You know, you, you, you can sort of tra- track your life by those Olympic summers and surfing, making its debut. It's a it's a historic moment for the sport. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can send us a tweet, Wavelength Mag. Send us a DM on Insta or hit us up on Facebook. Drop us a mail, editor at wavelengthmag.com. I'm Paul Evans saying, well, a couple of things, really. First of all, enjoy yourselves. It's later than you think. But also, I'll see you in the tube, me looking out, and you'll bear Monday with a consistent message. Get a dog right up ya. Yeah.